0: Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture with Ryan Huang.
1: Money FM 89.3, thanks for joining us on the breakfast huddle. Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Now, Ryan, after a year's delay, COP26 is set to get underway this weekend, finally in Glasgow companies clearly need to do more to address climate change, and so do countries. Now, so far, we've seen mixed results from these conferences. What are the main issues you're watching in regard to the upcoming one?
0: That's right, Bharati. A lot of catching up to do when it comes to meeting net zero emission plans at least. And of course, all in the background of how temperatures have been rising and not a lot has been done in terms of headway. So, we are going to be talking about what are the key issues to watch out for with our next guest, Shin Chan. He is is from HSBC, and he's the global head of Climate Change Center and ESG Research. Morning, Washington. How are you today?
1: Good morning. It's great to be online. Thank you for having me, Ryan.
0: Hey, glad to have you on. So let's start first with laying the context. Why does COP 26 matter? What's the goal here? And isn't it ironic that we have a whole bunch of people flying down from all over the world to talk about climate change?
1: I can see the irony it's very important that climate negotiations take place in person however to make sure that every voice is heard not just from the developed world but also from the developing world because vulnerable countries and indigenous groups and other communities have very very important perspectives as well. COP26 is very important because it's it's widely seen as the last chance to get onto a net zero emissions trajectory by 2030 so after the delay that you mentioned we were supposed to to have agreed on what to do and be implementing that from this year but that hasn't happened so we've got essentially nine years to get onto this net zero trajectory which should try and give us a good chance of limiting warming to one and a half degrees
0: yeah washing lots to be done so what exactly are we trying to achieve
1: here There'll be three main things that I'll be looking out for. One is the finalization of Article 6 of the Paris Agreement. This is a system of trading mitigation actions between countries uh, that can either be bilaterally or through a sort of global carbon mechanism. Uh, The second thing to be looking out for is finance. So this is essentially going back to 2009 when developed countries agreed to provide developing countries with $100 billion in climate finance by the year 2020. That didn't happen, so we'll have to see how they uh, come good on that promise, because if they come good on a financial promise, then developing economies will be much more likely to, to make promises about their own climate plans. And the third thing is raising ambition. I think you've already spoken about mm. that. The pledges are not enough. We need to be making more ambitious climate pledges, and increasing our reductions in emissions by both 2030 and heading towards net zero by 2050. So, lots to be done.
0: Yeah, why shouldn't you pointed out 100 billion dollars was agreed on before. So, why aren't people paying up? What's holding them back from doing more? And what sort of progress can we realistically expect
1: with these goals? Yes, it's, it's a challenging number. It was agreed in 2009 in the Gordon Brown, Obama days. And it's, it was supposed to be provided to developing economies. Now, climate finance is not specifically defined within the UN uh, global mm. climate process. And that means that developed countries can claim they have given finance, whereas developing countries can claim they haven't quite received it. So it's very, very difficult to aggregate in that sense. And in two other things, one a lot of the, the finances given towards mitigation projects that tends to be the decarbonization things and not enough on adaptation projects which is actually what the developing economies need because they suffer more from the impacts of climate change rather than being in need of reducing their own emissions profile and so what can be done to step up it, it needs to be more transparent how are they giving this finance where are they giving this finance through what vehicles and uh, across what timelines so it needs to be a lot more explicit in that
0: regard. Yeah, it looks like a mixed bag of definitions, double counting and so on, really just holding back the money issue. And this is a convention, COP26, attracting around 25,000 people. Actually, this is a huge conference. So you've got about 100 heads of state, thousands of diplomats, and you've got business leaders, activists, and so on and so forth. But it's interesting, who is not going? So the leaders of Russia, Brazil and Russia won't be there How significant is this washing?
1: And it would have been better for them to go, in my opinion, because it shows your willingness to participate. But they will be sending delegations. Now, it, it remains to be seen whether, in their absence, they will be submitting more ambitious pledges, I think. Mm. There are there are rumors on the, uh, on, on the news that, you know, uh, maybe Brazil could announce uh, an increase in its pledges. Uh, we'll see what happens with Russia, and, and China's been issuing a few announcements in the past few days on how they're going to implement their climate neutrality ambitions by 2060, so it's, it would have been better for them to go to show their sort of solidarity, but the negotiations take place outside of um, the sort of main uh, heads of state. so a lot of work to be done, and hopefully they will have the enough authority from these heads of states to actually uh, make bold promises, so we'll see how that all turns out. Yeah, Washington has to you
0: know pledges and promises are one thing, and actually meeting them is another altogether, and if you look at what's happening with the energy transition in Asia, there's a painful struggle right now when you look at how we are transiting away from coal and that's being reflected in the price spikes in recent days around electricity and natural gas so what's your take on how painful uh, it will be for Asia to actually meet all
1: these goals <laughs> (laughs) There is no doubt about it that Asia relies on a lot of coal, predominantly China, of course, in many respects. And they will need to wean themselves off coal as we head towards the the middle of the century. Whether that's 2050 or 2060, it doesn't matter. But we need to be moving away from uh, high-carbon activities towards lower-carbon activities. Now, the pain is short term, if I can say that, and we're feeling that through the, the energy prices at the moment. However, what needs to be done now is to put in place the investments to build the infrastructure mm. for the future, and this is lower carbon, this is um, zero carbon electricity and power generation and other types of infrastructure, so that when there's another crunch in the future, we're actually ready with those electric- electricity generation from cleaner power sources, and we don't have to fall back on these high carbon fossil fuel sources. So it is about making the investment now rather than sort of waiting for the future delay is not good yeah so you've
0: got a couple of things happening so what can regulators in terms of market regulators and investors do to push the
1: agenda further
0: is Asia doing enough when it comes to ESG and maybe climate reporting
1: (laughs) thank you um I don't think any region in the world is doing enough, uh, and Asia is included, but Asia is moving very, very quickly there. Um, Regulators need to be asking, encouraging, and nudging better climate disclosure from the the companies that are listed, as well as companies Mm. that are not listed uh, on markets, uh, so that they can give this information. Now, the collection of climate information is important, because I think companies can learn a lot through the accurate collection and gathering and disclosure of this data. Now, at the same time, investors and the public need to be using this information to make decisions and also at the same time challenging the companies to say hang on i think your climate uh, strategy could be a bit more ambitious a bit bolder here and so it, it ends up being a virtuous circle so everyone needs to be involved the responsibility does not lie with one particular body of people it's governments it's regulators it's investors businesses and us as individuals uh, mm-hmm. as well
0: yeah, helping us to preview cop 26 this weekend we've been chatting why Chan. He is the Global Head of Climate Change Center and ESG Research at HSBC. Wai thank you so much for your time this morning.
1: Thank you very much, Ryan. It was a pleasure.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.
1: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.